I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So about Michael Jordan, <laughs> how you going from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. I am Jason Collins. And I'm Christopher Mommett. And today we will be going over the 70s to 1980. We will be going over today the news and notes from this week. We will be going over the evolution of basketball and the way that we think the game has changed and the players have changed. We will also be hitting a top talk about the worst MVPs of all time and the flaws in the MVP. And then we will have our top 10 list where we will cover our top 10 players from this time period, which was really tough to choose. All right. So we'll start with the new news and notes section of the podcast. One Joel and B dropped 36 and seven. The first game, one of these games this week, really had a phenomenal game. And obviously, he's just such a talented big guy with that size and be able to shoot the mid-range jump shot. And I really think that he he really is like the the one of the I think the only guy in the league that still resembles 90s basketball, 80s basketball, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just, yeah, like, yeah. how dominant he is. Especially from that position, because we don't see too many dominant centers nowadays. So, like, with Joel Embiid being able to basically be the de facto leader of his team, like, it's not Ben Simmons. I, I'm not going to go into this today, <laughs> but Joel Embiid is the best player on the floor. When they play any team, he's the best player on the floor. And it's kind of crazy nowadays because in the modern NBA, when we shoot so many threes, we make so many jump shots. It's really a guard-oriented league for the big man to really step up like Joel Embiid, who can stretch the floor yes. as well but can still be dominant from down low. That's really big nowadays. That's, that's really big. Mm-hmm. He's kind of an enigma in the NBA kind of because we don't see that yes. as often. Yeah, I completely agree. And I just – I'm so glad that there's a winning basketball team that plays through him. And it makes me just so happy for basketball because it's so much fun watching him play. If only right. Timberwolves can get it right, you know? <laughs> <laughs> one day. And by one day, I mean in 20 years. <laughs> All right. All right. Christopher Muhammad, one of your favorite players, Jamal Murray, hurt, hurt out for the year. 
so sad to see him go. Like for the year, man. Like I mean, but I guess I get when we were talking about this before, I was really upset about it. But then as I started thinking about what you were saying, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that makes a lot more sense because because Jamal Murray is such a, you know, kind of a ball dominant guard and stuff like that, and he makes a lot of plays, it doesn't really give a lot of the other guards chance to show their skill set. Thank you. It doesn't mm-hmm. give a lot of the other guards a chance to show their skill set. Like we have Michael Porter Jr., who now he can step up a little bit and like show and maybe he we can see a couple thirty point, twenty point high twenties games, you know, low twenty games from him. Maybe we can see some, you know, Aaron Gordon magic, a little maybe more Jokic, you know, more, more yeah. scoring. See and let them put their let the other players put their skills on display because it's been the Jamal Murray show. Yeah. So yeah, we did we were talks texting about this earlier this week and I definitely think that we've seen the the maximum height that they can reach with the Jamal Murray and uh, their backup guard, uh, Will Bart, Will Barton will run the pick and roll with Jokic. They just basically run the pick and roll with a guard that can shoot a three, create off the dribble, make a good pass. Like it's just that's a great offense because Jokic is phenomenally gifted in the pick and roll as a center, obviously. But having Michael Porter Jr. completely maximized, which he's not really being right now, mm-hmm. is what I feel like could put them in a situation maybe two a year or two from now they could be in a championship talk you know what i mean yeah let these players develop a little bit more you know give them a little bit extra shine yeah i completely agree i'm glad we talked about it so yeah you do so next guy is De'Aaron fox 43 and 6 honestly this guy is so much fun to watch i feel like he's He's one of those guards that just gets lost on a bad team, like you, guy you love, like Jamal John Morant. That's just so phenomenal and not making an all star, but an all star level player. And I'm just glad he's in the league and glad he's doing what he's doing. What do you think? I just want to disagree with you because John Morant's not on a bad team. It's the Grizzlies <laughs> for sure. They're not. They're not doing the best, but they're still exciting basketball to watch. You know what I mean? Like people are still, <clears throat> even though. They're not, you know, they're not like a number one seed or a high couple seeds or whatever. They're still fun to mm-hmm. watch, and people are still tuning into those games because of John Moran's star power. So I want to disagree yeah. with you on that, just at that point, okay. because people are still watching the Grizzlies. I'm for sure watching the Grizzlies. And they're not a <laughs> yeah. bad team. They're just young, and they're still learning how to win with each other. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <clears throat> And De'Aaron Fox, oh, I think he's really underrated because he has such a high ceiling. Like, okay, so when he was drafted, he was drafted under Lonzo Ball, and everybody was like, okay, Lonzo, 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 Lonzo. But then in, if we go back before the draft, De'Aaron Fox was the one who put Lonzo out of the March Madness. He, he's the one who gave him buckets. <laughs> he gave him buckets. Yeah. And he, you know what I mean? So. But nobody really had this welcome to the NBA moment for De'Aaron Fox. Like he was kind of swept mm-hmm. under the rug, even though he had he didn't have as much star power as Lonzo, but he was better than Lonzo. Yes, I completely agree. So like, he yeah, was a good pound. He kind of went to the Kings, and everybody was like, "Okay, he went away." But like, look at De'Aaron Fox. Look at I mean, they may not, like I said, it's another one of those stories where like 
he's athletic, he's skilled, he has a great skill set, he, you know, all these different great things about him, but he's just on such he's just in such a bad situation right now, he's kind of swept under the rug. I mean, I would still watch a Kings game because I want to see what De'Aaron Fox is going to do. When I think De'Aaron Fox and how athletic he is, like he has that uber athleticism, not on the level yeah. of Westbrook, but it's close to it. So it's just fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. It's fun to watch. He might be the fastest point guard in the league. Yeah. Did, just did, running, sprinting. Was was that the – they had an argument, didn't they? Um, was it John Wall and they was like, I'm the fastest guard or something like that? Or it was like some – maybe it was just like maybe yeah. we'll talk about somebody. He was trying to figure out like who was the fastest guard in the NBA, John Wall or Russell Westbrook. It's definitely De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. He's changing gears better now than he used to. Like he used to always be at his top gear, but now he's kind of going to lull you in with less speed and then just blow right past you. Like he's changing from slow, medium to fast much better. It's nice to see. Yeah. That's definitely All right. Our neck. Yeah, definitely. Nice to see that at a young player. That means you'll be able to keep on seeing them grow. We all love seeing that. Give him a couple years. All right. In a couple years, he's going to be the GOAT. <laughs> right? Wait, wait a second. <laughs> the GOAT will still be playing in a couple years. So. <laughs> He'll be battling a cyborg. That's what it'll be. Uh, right. <laughs> LeBron James going all metal. The true cyborg. It's not uh, All right. No, that's true. The next guy is Donovan Mitchell, dropping 42-6. and six. I feel like we talk about him every week. Yeah, like what else is new? <laughs> right? Like what else is new? Of course, not a drop at forty-two and six. What else is new? Yeah. Did you see that yes. movie put on that guy with the like the crossover step back? That was, that was crazy. <laughs> I was I had to blink yeah. twice and then rewind it. That was crazy. Yeah, he's so cold with it, bro. Like, and the offense is built around him, so you can see a real great player, really that has great scoring ability to score consistently every night. And yeah, I just yeah, he's obviously a great player, and I'm yeah, very cool. All right, we have a ridiculous human being named Steph Curry, fifty-three and four, forty-seven and three, forty-two and eight, all in the same week. Chris, he's on a tear. He's definitely like he's on a tear. If there was any team, if there was any player, right, and. I hate to say this, but if there's any player who could be on a losing team and still could possibly win the MVP, it would be Steph Curry. Because they're they're not winning yes. games if he's not on the floor. Period. Like, oh, dude, not a chance, not a fucking chance. He's putting up MVP level numbers, and I'm at this point, I'm just like, okay, go ahead, give it to him at this point because LeBron's not gonna come back in time to get his MVP. So mm. just give it to Curry. That's the only person who deserves it. I can't see anybody else. Yeah, if Jokic wins it, I'm just going to protest the NBA. Just <laughs> protest. <laughs> He's not a top LeBron. 10 player in the NBA right now. <laughs> I mean, I love Jokic. You love Jokic. Yeah. But come on now. No, no. It's yeah. Curry. Curry's the, Curry's the MVP this year. Period. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What he does on the floor. It's insane. Okay. Bradley Beal, 37. Pretty solid game. Obviously, this guy can get buckets. It's really nice to see him as he's gotten better throughout his career because he kind of came into the league as a spot-up shooter and shoot off the catch and like step back. But he's definitely developed his ability to go a dribble drive and finish with 
the at the hoop. So I think that's a cool step that he's gotten better at slowly throughout time. So yeah, I like I really like watching Bradley Beal. What do you think? He's definitely become a you know sort of a shot creator for himself. He can make his own shot. He's yes. not just driving without a handle. He has a little bit of a handle now. So he's a scorer in every sense of the word for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, our next guy is Jason Tatum, dropping 44. Man, this guy's fun to watch. Once again, what else is new? <laughs> like, what else is yes. new? That's not this news. <laughs> it's not. So, it's like, so, Jason Tatum, that's what he does. So. He's a scorer. He's a pure scorer. And, I mean, okay, so when you think Celtics, you think two players. You think Jason Brown, you think Jason Tatum. And Jalen mm-hmm. Brown and Jason Tatum. That like modern NBA Celtics. That's what you think. Yes. I'm just like, yes. Okay, they're going to make it to the playoffs, but they still have to figure this out. Like we were talking about, I think before in our like two podcasts ago, I think in the role player one, like they really just need a specific guard for their type of play. Kimba is trying to throw up twenty to twenty five yes. points a game, and that's just not working because you need to put the the ball in the hands of these two guys. That's who needs the ball in their hands. Yes, completely agree. Yeah. So it's yeah. fun to watch, but it's also kind of sad because I'm just thinking like, okay, we this is something that they need, and mm-hmm. that's how that's and that's this this is the only way we'll see them go far is once they have that guard. Yeah, I completely agree. So our next guy is Paul George. It's nice to see him back here. Uh, after last last playoffs, he seems like he's playing really good, consistent basketball right now. I feel like Paul George is one of the most underrated players in the NBA because of his playoff woes and the things that he's done in the playoffs. But yeah. like I've seen this guy go shot with shot with LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like it's very sure. He's he's a, he's a he's a bucket man seriously everywhere and he plays great defense i'd love to have him on my team for sure for sure bro i just want to go ahead and take back what i said previously and say that he's not the most consistently inconsistent player (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) because i was looking at his stats he's been averaging i mean not averaging but he's been like having several 30 point games in a row so i guess he's consistently consistent now but let's just see what happens in the playoffs because at the end of the day you can play winning basketball. You can have a great regular season record, but it all depends on what you can do to get that chip at the end of the day. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Everybody Especially was, on that team. Exactly. With the team that's built around them, you know, like with Kawhi, and now you have Rondo with that great basketball mind. Now you don't have to make those decisions. Now you can just score, you know? Yes. So, I mean, last year in the playoffs was a big disappointment, you know? It really was. Everybody was like, oh, these, yeah. this team is such a great team. They're beating the Lakers, da 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 And then... The Nuggets come around and like hold my coffee. <laughs> Dude, that Nugget series. I like every single game when they were coming back from 3 1. I was like, okay, tonight's the night. The Clippers going to win. They lost again. Wait, wait. Okay, game seven. <laughs> Not going to happen. It's Kawhi. It's Paul George at home. Fuck. <laughs> and those games really just exposed what the Clippers were lacking. And now they're mm-hmm. starting trying to fix they're they're certainly trying to fix them now. Yes. And it's not too late. <clears throat> so no, let's not. just see what happens this year. 
Especially with them all being veterans. It'd be different if they're younger, but... Yeah. All right, our next guy is Brandon Ingram. Dropping 34, 7, and 5. I really feel... Yeah. I really feel like he's doing a, a lot better job this year of, like, being a good playmaker. Like, his playmaking ability has definitely leveled up, and I feel like that's really cool to see him progress in this way. And I feel like we both really love Brandon Ingram, so I want to see what you have to say. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely progressed, for sure, because from what I was seeing, like, he was showing glimpses and, and on, when he was on the Lakers, but with the Pelicans and, mm-hmm. and that system, you know, and being able to finally, you know, kind of thrive a little bit more alongside Lonzo and the other players. Like a young team like that, you know, where he could kind of step into his role naturally and not kind of be forced into it. That really has helped him yeah. out a lot. Because he, his yeah, ceiling agree. is still KD and we're like 35 points. I mean, we're seeing flashes of greatness right now. So yes. I just want to yeah. see what he looks like in a couple years. Yeah. Maybe him year. and Zion together. That's That combo's, combo's tough, man. It really this is. combo is tough. All right. We have an aging superstar, Russell Westbrook, 36-15-9, which just seems like another same old, same old of Russell Westbrook. It's a walk in the park. It's a walk in the park. It's a walk in the park. That's what it is. It's a walk in the park. That's normal for us. He literally could drop 100, 100, and 100 to be like, it's just Russell Westbrook. Exactly. It's just like, that's just him. Like, what if, at this point, you just named about two or three players on the list where just like, okay, what else is new? What else is uh-huh. new? What else yeah. is new? As long as they got the dub, you know? <laughs> yeah. You you have Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, and you probably aren't going to make the playoffs. It's travesty. It is. It is. Just everybody's fired. <laughs> yeah. Light it up, baby. Light up the whole organization. Light it up. <clears throat> All right. Our next guy, Julius Randle, 44, 10, and 7. You know what? I was watching some Julius Randle the other day, and I'm really impressed at, like, how well he makes decisions. Mm. Like, if the defense is playing off, he's going to shoot the three. In the pick and roll, he's going to make the right pass. If somebody's doubling, he's going to make the right pass. You know what I mean? If there's a smaller guy on him, he's shooting over. If it's a bigger guy, he's going to use his feet and get around him. Like, it's just, he seems like he's really, the game's slowing down for him. His mental is really elevated. And I feel like that's an underrated part of the NBA basketball game is the mental side for these guys. Exactly. And I, I really feel like he's taken huge leaps in this area and i feel like that's the difference between what he was last year and this year in my opinion he just seems to make every decision right and this just goes to show that we're actually not just one and no one take we're two and no one takes because what we were hey. before was <laughs> along the lines of julius russell i mean julius randall and, and brandon ingram for sure not saying that they were calling them bus but that a lot of people were mm-hmm. like kind of throwing them away a little bit it's like, okay, they're not showing exactly what we want to see right now, but we forget that they're so young. They're like, they're right out of college coming into the NBA, into a grown man's game. Everybody's not going to be a yes. Zion Williamson or a John Morant or a LeBron or yes. a Carmelo. Not going to automatically just pick up on the game right away. 
some mm-hmm. people need a little bit extra time to get their to, to you know to get their bearings to get their to figure out exactly their identity in the league. That's a big part of the NBA. You have to find out where you fit in. Yes. And these players, Julius Randle, Brand Ingram, they've done that. That's why they're getting most improved players. And now they're going to be all-stars next year. Or You know what I mean? They're, it, it, it's, this is what should be happening. These players should not just be, okay, you're done. You're not showing us what we need right now. So we're going to go ahead and go a different direction. Give these time players to, these players time to develop. And they'll sh- they'll bear fruit eventually. Yeah, I mean Julius Randle literally is the face of New York Knicks basketball, the mecca of basketball. Yes, that says a lot. He's just yeah, he's yeah. I really respect his game and where he's gone, and I obviously I just yeah I feel like he's a great player to watch. I'm glad we're two zero, and Skip Bayless can shove it. <laughs> <laughs> he can for sure shove it. <laughs> all right robin dropped 40 points this week aka jalen brown okay 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 but then again what's new yes (laughs) i mean those two man jalen brown did it those two those two are so nice All right, the next guy the last one in our news and notes is kyrie irvin dropping 37 at nine Okay. Which we all know Kyrie's a a bucket, seriously, anywhere on the floor. Nice to see his assists go up. I just yeah, I feel like he's in a I I remember sending you a video of like him talking about like the way he's dealing with the media and how he seems like he's much more calm and stuff like that. And I just I really feel like he's in another like him growing older, he's hit another level maturity wise. Oh, for sure. And I, I think it's really good for the NBA, and I'm glad for him because, you know, I, we will always have soft spots for the guy who hit the game winner and the 3 1 comeback. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. So I, I'm sure you feel that too. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> with Kyrie, I mean, he was. <laughs> You're right. We do have a soft spot for him because he hit that game winner, you know, over Curry and uh, to 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 lead the Cavs to the first championship. Um, and he's been doing great things since, you know, like even though he's been kind of they want to say, oh, he's like a diva and this and that, but he's definitely showing maturity now. He's he's taking on a different path than what he was on before. Um, Yeah. You know, with the Celtics, you know, we were seeing glimpses of, okay, this is Kyrie Irving. This is what we should expect, you know? And then he was like, okay, I don't want to play. And then we're seeing certain things, and we're like, okay, maybe, you know, this isn't what Kyrie wants to do anymore. You know, where's his love of the game? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to play. You know, he's – and then he goes to the Nets, and then we're seeing a little bit sort of the same. But then we can see as he's getting older, the maturity. See, this is what we were looking for and a young Kyrie, but now he's an old Kyrie, mm-hmm. and now we can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, and I think it's good. I'm I'm happy for him. You know, any time somebody grows as a person, I think it's cool. So I'm happy for him. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what do you think, Chris? You choose. We're going over the worst MVPs of all time, or the way that we've seen basketball change in the seventies. Uh, let's go with the change, and then we'll head into the worst MVP. So I think that'll lead perfectly into our top 20. Yeah, okay. I mean, top, t- top 10. Top 10. 
So we're obviously talking about the 70s decade. And in our previous podcast, we talked about the 60s. And even though it's like we were talking about this before the podcast, it seems like the forgotten decade is just because, you know, there wasn't consistency of a champion. There was no dynasty in the 70s. Right. There's so many different teams that had great seasons. Like, I mean, the early 70s are dominated by the Wilt, uh, Gil Goodrich, Jerry West team. Release consistency of playoff, like an NBA championship uh, appearances. So I just, but honestly, it's definitely you can see the skill gap between the 70s and the 60s. Big skill gap. Yes. I mean, the obviously the shooting range gets pushed out yeah. more consistently. And those guards, man, like there's, like there's guys like Fred Brown. Nate Archibald, like there's just there's so many good guards. We got Pete Maravich, Walt Frazier. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing, bro. Like how many Paul Westfall. It's just they all have the ability to dribble and do something with the basketball. Some people shoot from range. Some people have a mid range shot. Some people get to the rim. Like it's just. There's so many good players in this era. It's just really impressive. Yeah, what do you have to say? And I was going to just go ahead and agree with you and then say, do you know the reason for that, which is what I want to get into, which is the expansion of the NBA, the creation of the ABA, mm-hmm. which the, creation, the ABA was founded in the 60s. It was founded in the late 60s, and then it merged with the NBA, given the NBA four teams in the 70s, in the late 70s. So that's why there were so many other guards, you know, that you were seeing with different skill sets and high skill sets and great basketball IQ because there were more teams, there were more players, more more players who were able to showcase their skills. And that's why we have them on our list. That's why we have them in Hall of Fames. That's why, you know, there are more players. This is it went from the signature move era of only 12 teams. And now there's wait, wait, now there's like 15, 16 teams now. And the ABA had like 11 teams. So now it's like 11 and 12. Now you're looking at about... 23 teams with about 12 players each or more. Yes. So now you have a yeah. now your list gets longer. Now it's again a little bit harder to try to put together your top 10 list because now you have wait who's Paul Westfall? I never knew about this guy. Oh wait, there's a Dave Bing. What? Okay, wait. Dave George Gurley. Nice. You know. And then now you have <sighs> Bob McAdoo's and Bob Lanier's, and now you're like okay, now our list is looking a little bit different. Yeah, I think I'm glad you went there because I think we both felt this is the top 10 list for the 60s was easy. Very easy. There's 10 guys, maybe 11. It's not hard. I mean, five through like 20 could be, oh, I like this. I feel like this is more important with basketball. We should have him higher. Like, we have Artis Gilmore, 17. Yeah. Artis Gilmore would walk in the league right now and be the fourth best center in the NBA. Like, it's just, I mean, Artis Gilmore's nice. I mean, it's like, Artis Gilmore is like kind of like a poor man's cream. Like, they have a similar move, that skyhook, and the way they play in the post and have a really good 
like athletic builds, taller guys. It's just is there's such a deep list of players, and I'm yeah, I'm glad that we did the research on these guys because it was fun. Yeah, I completely feel that way. What yeah. do you think? Is it just shows like if you like your earlier comment was in the in the '60s podcast was you know just imagine if Wilt was playing like as many as like the top 30 centers instead of the top 12 centers, you know, over every night, see what he would do. Yes. Now, th- yeah. now, now we kind of get to see, but it's an older world, you know? So does the, the league definitely grew now. There's different teams. Yes. Yep. All right. Let's transition into the bums MVPs. <laughs> the worst MVPs I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. Get All right. Guys that are not on a top 10 list. MVPs, Chris. I'm not the top 10 list for a decade. Willis Reed won the MVP 21, 14, and 2. How is that even possible? Scoring 21 points a game and getting the MVP? Like, that's like Chris Middleton getting the MVP, bro. Yeah. That's like that's a twenty-one point game score. I mean, obviously, much more rebounds, but what I? It's just a winning, you know. It's the winning team. They they were always in the championship hunt when Wills Reed was in his prime. Like they won a championship in the seventies. It's just honestly, it's it's so weird that they that he won that MVP, man, for real. I just I dislike it so much. Yeah, Willis Reed. I mean, because I'm not too familiar with that player for sure. Um, but how could you be an MVP <laughs> and you're not even the highest scoring person in the league at that point? I mean, like maybe it's just. I mean, I don't know what the criteria for MVP was back then. I mean, maybe it's just like best player and best team. Is is that was is, is so it's just consistently what it's always been basically. Yeah. So maybe it's their record, possibly. They were the best yeah, player on a winning team with a winning record. Yes. Even though they weren't scoring like thirty five a game, Bob McAdoo, but um, <laughs> but ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much fun to watch Bob McAdoo. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we we go to, uh, we go away from Willis Reed to a guy that might not even be in the top twenty. Let me check. Let me check. Is Dave Cow- Dave Cowens is not in our top twenty list? Oh my goodness, <laughs> Dave Cowens, Boston Celtics MVP, scored twenty points a game, sixteen rebounds, and four assists. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's like dude. Dude, I was watching. We obviously, I was obviously watching Dave Towns play. Yeah. Like MP. Okay, cool. Let me let me look at him play against Nate Thurman in the Cavs. Old Nate Thurman. Nate Thurman's the better center. Right. <laughs> like, how is this possible that he won the MVP? It's just. Oh my goodness, dude! It's just. Maybe less games. <sighs> yeah, I'm trying to rationalize it too. Like maybe less games, and so it's not maybe an 82 
uh, game season, so maybe it's less games, and that's probably why, because that's why they probably had a winning record, because it's the best player on the best team, so all these people definitely had winning records at some point. Yeah, they probably had the the most winningest record that year, the team did. For sure. So they probably just got the MVP. That's so terrible. All right, let's get into the last one. Bill Bolton. I like Bill Bolton, yeah, I know. We do have a little bit of a differing opinion. Yeah. MVP season, 19 points, 13.2 rebounds, 5 assists. Yes, I just did say number less than 20. <laughs> yeah, he's like, a, he's scoring like role player numbers. <laughs> yes. It's just, I'll, 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 I'll say, I'll, I'll, let, I'll go first and then you can rebuttal me. Mm. He's just... I I always heard about Bill Walton. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like Bill Bill Walton does a lot of TV games. He did the prime TV games of the Bulls during the playoffs, and even with a Shaq and the Kobe Lakers, he was doing those games in the championships. And he's just he's always been around basketball, and people hold him in such a high regard and. He was supposed to be the next Kareem because of the UCLA connection, mm-hmm. like the next great UCLA big and the first of his time as a passing center and just uh, <clears throat> all the what of stories about if he was healthy. Honestly, completely overrated. I was watching him play. I was like, oh, we're going to have Bill Walton in the top 10. And I had to check myself because what I was seeing was not a guy better than, I mean, Dave Bean didn't make it into our top 10. I would take Dave Bean in a heartbeat over Bill Walton. Like, it's just, he's, he's a good passer, but it's just, it's very underwhelming and disappointing. And like, I even saw a video of Skip Bayless saying that Bill Walton's a better player than Steph Curry. What? <laughs> Yes, he said that like this week. He just loves those old ludicrous. Guys. It's 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 crazy, bro. All right, you can you can have your rebuttal. <clears throat> so when it comes to Bill Walton, I like from what I've seen, you know, because I wasn't alive during that time period. So from what I've seen, just watching some highlight film and a couple games, that he's a he's a really good passer, you know, and he has really good feet, and it seems so smooth when he scores and things like that. So I kind of. It kind of doesn't match up that he was only able to score like 19 points a game. I don't really have the same sentiment as you where you're saying like he's really overrated. I feel like what it, what happened was it's just his legend is what created the player, created him, I mean, painted him as a player that he is not. You yes. Know, a lot of these players, okay, so I, you know, hate to go back into this. But for example, Elgin Baylor, we were thinking watching Elgin Baylor for the 60s, we were like, okay, this is what we've been hearing about and not necessarily yes. seeing that he was supposed to be like the prototype for the athletic guard. You know, he's supposed to be doing yes. things in the era that we haven't seen before. He's before his time. And then after yes. you watch him, you're like, this is what before his time looks like. He's <laughs> like, this is not even the greatest that I've seen. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No. So like, yeah. with, it's just a legend and how people have perceived him and then how we, inter- yes. and then how we in- interpret that what how we interpret how other other people's perception and then versus what we see with our own eyes. 
Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I mean, so. I was expecting to see a Derrick Rose level player. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they get talked about in the same breath of what if situations at the same level. But I mean, you don't need a trained basketball eye to know. You could literally watch 10 seconds of Derrick Rose playing after watching Bill Wald play for nine hours doing deep dives. You'd be like, okay, Derrick Rose is not even close. Like, it's just, he's not on that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the legend that was created around him. You know, everybody loves a good what if story. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I feel like we did. We nailed that pretty well. Good job. Thanks. You too. All right. Are you ready for the main course? Ooh, it's dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready for one of one of my favorite watches? Is number ten. Okay. David Thompson. Ooh, okay. All right. We got a five-time All Star. Mm-hmm. All rookie team, rookie of the year. We have all NBA, 1975-90, all NBA twice, Hall of Famer, uh, two-time All-Star MVP, career numbers are looking like 22.7 points per game, four rebounds, three assists, not a good shooter from outside, 25% from the three-point line, and 78% free throw shooter. His best season was... Dropping twenty seven point two points per game. David, ah, wow! I literally thought that I was watching a Michael Jordan highlight wow. at first. <laughs> wow! Right? Wow! I mean, this guy flies through there. His nickname literally is Skywalker. It's David Skywalker Thompson. Yeah, like he he is what. We just talked about Elgin Baylor. That is what I thought I was going to see when I watched Elgin Baylor. Yeah. 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 You basically just hammered that home. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is special, bro. He's got a nice mid-range shot, all those things. But, man, can he finish around the basket, has good layups, just great dunking ability. It's just special guy for that era there's not many athletes like that i mean geez he might be the most athletic guard until michael jordan walks into the nba i mean dr j is going to be really close but dr j is really special i might have to correct myself on that one let me say dr j okay so i'm gonna ask this question since you made that point since okay you you've probably done a little bit more research on david thompson than i was able to in our short time so give me your honest opinion Dr. Mm-hmm. J versus David Thompson, who do you have? A dunk contest or who has the highest vertical? Just all-around player. Oh, Dr. J is a much better player. Much better player, but an athletic. So you were comparing a little bit earlier. You were saying along the lines that David Thompson, you know, he's the he was the most athletic until you've seen Jordan. Mm-hmm. Then to correct myself. Oh, I feel like... Yourself. I feel like they're in the same conversation, though. So you think if it was like, who was a prototype to Jordan, it would be like David Robson slash Dr. J? Yeah, okay. David Thompson, yeah. I mean, he's 6'4", so he's a little little on the Robinson. shorter end. 
I mean, David Robinson's kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> nice little check out our 90s <laughs> top 10 podcast. He'll probably be on there. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Unless he just um, Yeah, I highly doubt that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, I was really had a lot of fun watching this guy play. It's just, we get used to, we were watching the 60s and you turn on this guy and it's like, wow. This is fun to watch. Like it's it, it's entertaining, and I'm I'm glad we have him on the list. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the people have him lower because people like this guy get get forgotten throughout time. So yeah. Okay. All right, are you ready to transition to number nine? I'm listening. Who's number nine? This is a guy who's been on both lists officially. Elvin Hayes. Ooh. Okay, so the, the biggie. The big E. He was on our 60s we list? Got, yes, he was. That's crazy. I, I, yeah. I didn't quite remember if he was, but the gang keep for reminding me. Um, So, I'm going to try my best and, you know, help me out if you can. <clears throat> so, with Elvin Hayes, okay. the big E, right? When I watched him, mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Like, to be mm-hmm. a big like that and to be able yes. to score and move. The way he did is just that was he does I mean, have like, great he was movement, yeah, great movement. So like in the sixties, like think about with our less skilled era because I called the sixties the signature move era. In our less skilled yes. era than the seventies, which was the sixties, if he was able to achieve those heights and basically this is what before his time looks like because he fits perfectly into the seventies now mm-hmm. with the rest of yeah. the skilled guard with the rest of the skilled players and the rest of the skilled centers. How many skilled centers are there? And that's you know when you think about. How he was able to crack our top ten, he has to be special for the second time. Yeah. I I feel like his stats can be a little misleading. And the reason why is because when he went to the Washington Bullets in nineteen seventy four, he went to play with Wes Unseld, who is a center who may some people might have on this list. You know what I mean? Like so he was playing power forward, so it was kind of before his time playing against smaller guys and smaller power forwards and being able to shoot a mid-range jump shot and mm-hmm. he's just yeah i really i i had i completely agree with you athletically he's very gifted and he has good post game and i just feel like he's such a solid player and i'm glad we have him on both and yeah he was a scoring champ in 1968 and 69 so that's why we have him where we had him in the 60s yeah, and is, is, is he even uh, is, is West Unseld? <laughs> is he even what? Uh, is is West Unseld even on our list? No, he's not on our list. And that says a lot because a lot of people will put West Unseld on our list and would forget. Uh, and would forget the other thing. I just forget his name actually. My mind's going crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Wes Unseld, what I think people have off is he's a great rebounder and he's he's just not as offensively skilled as Elvin Hayes. So I feel like he took a little bit of the pressure off of Wes Unseld, but yeah, he's he's a real fun watch and I'm glad we have him on both lists. He's well deserving of it and he had a great career Hall of Fame guy. Exactly. All right, let's get into the one of the f- coolest names, the nicknames to say. The Iceman, 
Number eight, George Irvin. I love that nickname. I love that nickname. The Iceman? Yes. Yes. Iceman? That's so yes. Cool. That is cold, bro. You see what I did there? <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. That was nice. That was nice. All right. We got a 12-time All-Star. Pretty sure this guy's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Doesn't say his height, but I'm pretty certain it's that. Four-time scoring champion. Seven-time All-NBA. Two-time All-ABA. MVP of the All-Star game, 1979. And the uh, all-time rookie, 1972. This guy's got great numbers. 25.1 points a game. Five rebounds. Two assists. Field goal percentage is ridiculous at 50%. Can't shoot the three, but that's not many people in that area can. 84% free throw shooter. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous, Chris. Like, in the 70s, he dropped 27, 29, 33, like, in back-to-back-to-back seasons. Uh Like, he's just really special near the end of the 70s. And his ability to... To take it off the dribble and finish with contact and finish within the, in the air is really special. He has great touch. And obviously, we all know the finger rule is very unique. I really feel like he's so well-deserving of this, this placement that we have in that because he's, he's just a bucket, man, for real. George Gervin, watching George Gervin, especially with his highlights, you definitely see a different type of guard. For one, yes. because... When you think of a guard, you think, you know, he's going to be scoring and, you know, assisting and things like that. But this guy was not that bad of a rebounder. For, exa- for what, six yes. or seven, he was able to grab rebounds. From the highlights that I was seeing of him scoring, especially from the most recent highlights that I've seen, he was able, he was most effective down low. He was getting putbacks over centers and over, you know, smaller guards. So just think of that yeah. for a second. To be as athletic as be you know to be athletic enough to be able to get these rebounds and then get putbacks and tip ins and things like that. That's where he's scoring his points at. Even though he was yes. smooth going through the lane as well, and the scoring so and the finger roll synonymous with them. Yeah, such a smooth athlete in general. He's yeah, such a cool nickname. I mean, jeez, nice in his veins. <laughs> I get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Good job. <laughs> All right. Let's go to number seven. Moses Malone. Mm. Now, I had heard of Moses Malone, I'm going to be honest with you. But I just had this odd feeling that he was overrated. Kind of like the way I thought I would view Bill Walton. But it's mm. like the complete opposite from Bill Walton. This guy does not disappoint at all. So this guy is a 13-time All-Star Hall of Fame he is three-time MVP, six uh, total rebound champion, eight-time All-NBA. Jesus, eight-time All-NBA. That's ridiculous. Two-time All-Defensive, and he has a finals MVP in the 80s, which he might make this list again. I mean, the guy's a crazy rebounder. 20 points per game is his career, 12 rebounds. Field goal percentage is around 50. Free throws, 76. Point, 76. His three-point percentage, a solid 9%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it's not 3.1. So, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not cooking from there, bro. Not, not at all. I mean, 
This guy starts hitting his prime about 1978. He starts dropping 24, 25, 27. It's just, he's really special to watch. It's just a really strong body. He's a really unique build. It's hard to think of a comparison of somebody who he looks like. It's just a unique, so unique uh, the body-wise. He's a phenomenal rebounder. He's a Dennis Rodman-level guy rebounding the basketball, in my opinion. Just got great low post feel, footwork, has a little bit of a mid-range jump shot. It's just really impressive to watch. He's, he's a great player, and I, I, was, I was impressed. I really was. Definitely deserves to be on his list for sure. You know, going back to yes. the point that you made, you know, phenomenal rebounder, I mean, and score, and even with everything else, I mean, think of this for a second. The biggest stat that you've said, you know, was even though we began in the beginning with our worst MVPs, this guy is a 20-point-per-game scorer, like average for his career, mm-hmm. but yes. eight-time All-NBA. You know, so how many – so eight times he was the best in the league at his position. Yes. Yes. Better than, you know – He's so special. I was so about special. to say something. Oh, no. Keep on going. Okay. Yeah. So it's just he's rightfully deserves to be on this list. Um, I completely agree with what you were saying earlier. And, I, you know, he probably will make it again in the 80s. And I can't wait to see what he did to earn finals MVP. That's what I really want to see now. But yeah. A lot of these guys have such explosions, you know, especially everybody on our list is either scoring like. 30 to 50 points, 60 points a game. It was like 60 point explosions. Like those were stars do. Yeah. Yeah. These, these guys definitely, it's, a, it's such a deep list. I mean, the fact that we have Moses Malone Savage to tell you how deep this list is. Yeah, true. He's a special guy. All right. Let's go to Chris and I, one of our, both of our favorite watches. Tiny Archibald. Oh my gosh. Can I start? He's number six. (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. Okay, so watching Tiny Archibald, like, if you haven't, watch him because he is literally an athletic guard. I was watching him and I was just, Mm -hmm. like, amazed. I was like, look at the body control. If you see, watch some of his highlights, just, like, the way he contorts his body in the air just to get that. And his his vision, I mean, like, those full court passes and things like that. He's just a great player, for sure. And even though... You know, he might, he's still, he's, of course, he's in the Hall of Fame, and not many people may know about him, but for sure, he definitely deserves to be on our list where he is. He's a phenomenal passer, scorer, yeah, great vision, and just think of the athleticism, like, okay, we want to say before his time, he's what Ojin Baylor should have been. He's before his time. (laughs) Yeah, he's, yeah, I'm so glad we have him where we have him, because, his career numbers are not super impressive. Like his, his career numbers are eighteen point eight points per game, like seven point four assists. Mm-hmm. He's a six-time All Star, All Star uh, assist leader in nineteen seventy two, seventy three, five-time All All NBA scoring leader in the same season. He led the league in assists. He he has a weird career because. When he's older, he's playing with the Boston Celtics with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. But when he is younger, man, 34 points per game in 1972 and 11 assists. 
That's amazing. That's yes. amazing. That's amazing. I, I completely amazing. agree with you. That's amazing. I, his finishing ability is... Uh, I it's what I expect when I see when we eventually watch somebody like a Rod Strickland, like the guy can finish for real. Yeah, like he did some jelly lays, like start with the left, finish with the right. Like nobody was doing that in the sixties. This is a complete skill jump, by the way. Not even close. Bob Cousy couldn't dribble with his left hand. This guy starting <laughs> with the left, finishing with the right. <laughs> Stop dissing to Bob Cousy. <laughs> but this really just goes to show the evolution of basketball because we started with the 60s and we're like, okay. And then we started with the 70s and we're like, okay, now this is a skill jump. Now wait until we get to the 80s and we see what they're doing then, you know. This is where mm-hmm. – and then the 90s and the 20s, every year – I mean, every decade of basketball, the players get more and more skilled. Yes. Dimension, we're just looking at it like, okay, so this is what basketball was, and just I can't wait to see what the basketball what basketball is going to look like in the next decade because it's going to be just outrageous. Yes. It's going to be outrageous because you're going we're going to look at the the that decade of players. We're going to look like, well, they are way better than what we've been growing up watching. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I just, I really, I'm glad we have him where we have him on this list because he's just. A lot of people look at him and say, oh, he didn't win. You know what I mean? And they'll just dismiss all the greatness that he's had. And he's just, he's probably the best passer of the 70s. And you add that into him being a great finisher and being able to score and being able to play with pace and being six foot one and doing all of that. It's really special. And I just, I'm so glad we have Tiny Archibald where we have. He averaged a double double for one, so that's just amazing. Man. Yes, so. yes, yes. All right, number five, mm-hmm. the guy who I was like, I literally turned on watching him, and I was like, "Holy shit, that guy plays basketball!" <laughs> <laughs> His body is ridiculous chris he's like 611 and looks like bigger kendrick perkins but somehow he moves extremely well and has great shooting touch and great post game what i mean he is so amazing at being able to do that and at 20 points per game career-wise, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, field goal percentage 51%, free throw 76.7. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's an 8-time All-Star. I just... He's stuck on Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, those, those kind of guys just don't have good teams around them and they get forgotten. And honestly, this is kind of the way... The kind of player I thought I would see from like an artist Gilmore, I just wasn't expecting the level of greatness that I turned on and watched. It's just incredible, man. He's an incredible player. For sure, an incredible player. Uh, so we didn't even say the name yet. So you're talking about Bob Lanier. Uh, yeah, number <laughs> right? five. They had to put that wow. out there because you're like, who is he talking Thank about? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't say. Good job. 
this point, there's two people in the podcast. Exactly, yeah. So you can cover me, I can cover you. We got each other's back like that. But yeah, to definitely, I just want to go ahead and completely agree with everything that you said. I know we don't we don't have too many different opinions on this podcast, so I guess, except for like when it comes to, you know, Ben Simmons and a couple other players. But when it comes to down to our takes, you know, majority of the time we do agree. And I do agree with what you have to say about Bob Lanier. It's definitely a special yeah. watch. You know, everybody should go watch Bob Lanier. And see why we have yes. him on our list because we can talk into you know about him all day, but you have to act, seeing is believing, and we don't <laughs> just like we were saying before with Bill Walton and his legend and the legend of these players. We you know yes. how you can't and we can't just take other people's perception for it. We have to go back and watch ourselves. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm definitely glad we did this list and have him where we have him because he deserves it for sure. I completely agree with that sentiment too because. A guy like that can get lost throughout sure. time. Somebody, the same. He reminds me of Walt Bellamy from our last list. Mm-hmm. Kind of like nobody really knows who this guy is. Holy shit, he's amazing, <laughs> right? So, like in, in, instantly, it's like five seconds. Okay, yeah, he's amazing. Five seconds of watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready for number four, Chris? I am so ready for number four. Please say number four. Number four is Pistol Pete Maravich. I love this pick. I love this pick. Okay, look. Jason, I Go honestly, because you know, I'm going to heap tons of praise on Pistol Pete Maravich because he's one of my favorite players from this time period. So please, yes. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm listening, all ears. I want to hear everything that I said <laughs> being right. Please, I'm listening. Go ahead. Okay. I will will say it to you. We've talked about this before. I used to think that Pistol Pete Maravich was overrated. Say it two more times for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) I used to think that Pistol Pete Maravich was a little overrated. Uh, uh. Go ahead. I'm listening. He's definitely a top 550 player of all time. It's not even a discussion. Exactly. What's what's it's it's crazy, bro. Yeah. Like six five. He has see three point shooting ability. Like his field goal percentage from the three point line is sixty six percent. Think about that for a second. That's one player whose legend matches up with the player. Which is how I mean he I, he attempted like three point three three like point three three pointers a game so like not really gonna attempt one every game but uh for starters fire the fucking coach <laughs> <laughs> you have a guy shooting seventy percent for the three point line he's gonna not even shot a game what the fuck. <laughs> Wow, that three-point line looks really, really useful. We should really integrate it more. I wonder why nobody really thought about that. It's true. (laughs) True. And that's that's what possibly it is with Pistol Pete Maravich. He might be, I'm going to say it, if he got more shots from the three-point line, it would be, he would be close with Kareem. I, I can't believe I just said this, Chris. I may be drugged. I may be drunk. I don't know. I can't believe what I'm saying right now. But I think he could average 
30, 35 points a game. He's probably push with with if he took eight to ten three point shots every game and had twenty shots a game. Oh my! And we would view him completely differently. He's just so saucy. He's a he's a great passer too. His his ability to shoot from the mid range and hit fadeaways and finish at the rim. I mean, he's a kid. He's a bucket. Yeah, I just yeah, I was I was definitely wrong. I I thought I thought it was a little highlight tapeish, but he is. <clears throat> he's he's just he's a bucket, Chris. So yeah, that's what I have to say. What do you have to say? So just I'm just gonna go ahead and completely agree with everything because that's what I've been saying this entire time. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and go also into the fact that if when you were watching that highlight tape, when he had hit 50, because he scored 68, point that ga- 68 points that game, if you want to go watch it, it's a 68-point yes. career-high explosion. Yes. When he hit 50, they never said that was his career high at any point. He had already <laughs> scored 50 points prior. Yeah. Think about that for a second. When I, we want to talk about the, one of the most scoringest players, <laughs> it was supposed to be Maravich. He's definitely his legend. Definitely lines up with the person. When I was talking about before, yes. every single time you know with these players, you know you have to go watch them. I've watched Pistol Pete Maravich, and I know for a fact that his legend lines up. And that's yes. not even everything that you have to think about for a second. We didn't even touch. The tip of the iceberg with Pistol P. Maravich because he was not just only a great scorer, he was a phenomenal passer as well. Yes. Yes. If you watch you can watch you can go on YouTube right now and watch some of his crazy passes. He had this one pass where he oh did a normal chest pass, but he flicked his wrist to the side and the ball went to the left. And it was always so deceptive. Like if you watch this pass, you're like, how is he able to do such a thing? He is an enigma. I mean, he completely reshapes the way that I view like all-time point guard position. Like how is he not better than John Stockton? How is he not better than Gary Payton? Like I wouldn't say Allen Iverson, I wouldn't say Steph Curry, I wouldn't say Damian Lillard, but he might be top 10 all-time. Legitimately. For sure. Easy. Easy. He's just... And, and that's the thing, too, is you're coming off the 60s of... Well, he's he's technically a shooting guard. And this is where I'm getting with this. Mm-hmm. Is we have a guy that perfectly fits the current NBA of how a point guard plays. In 1970, when... That guy is, oh, we need you to feed the post. Oh, I need you to run offense and not play the way that his skill set was obviously ready for. He's he is a bucket right now. You put him in the league right now, he's an all-star. For sure. He's getting buckets. He's he, That's what before his time looks like. Yes. Completely agree with you there. The 100%. For the yes. There's never been a player that would translate so seamlessly other than Will Chamberlain, like it's so obvious and glaring. Mm-hmm. I and I think before his time, there's nobody that's more before his time than Pistol Pete Maravich. I ever that we've gone over. Honestly. <sighs> yeah, I'm glad we have him right. Dude's ridiculous. He is. 
All right. Let's go to who's number three, because the fact of the way we describe Pistol Pete Marriage, the fact that we have somebody at three in between him and Dr. J and Kareem is really impressive. Uh, Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo is crazy. He's unreal. So we got a five-time All-Star, three-time scoring champion, three-time scoring champion, two-time All-NBA MVP 1947 1975 Rookie of the Year 1973 1973 yes it doesn't mean two years later after winning Rookie of the Year he won MVP <laughs> buckets I mean like yeah. 30 points a game 30 for one, 34 I mean just he has right in front of the three point line range and phenomenal athletic ability with his feet to be able to get to the basket and finish a little bit of a post game, but that's not really what he's great at. Mm-hmm. It's that shooting touch. I mean, he's he's probably the greatest mid range shooter of the seventies. It is just six nine. You pair that with that body and the athleticism. I just got to. I mean, this guy probably is a top twenty five player of all time. He is easily. He, yeah, he's so special. I really had so much fun watching him, and I really feel like this is the kind of guy that because he didn't win. He wasn't on a, as good of a team. He's, he's, he gets lost, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's completely underrated. What do you think? I would agree with that sentiment that he's underrated because, I mean, <clears throat> prior to this, you've heard of him, but you didn't really know about him, you know? So the fact that if you go back and watch the highlights, this man was averaging 35 points a game. Like, 35 points a game, and he has three scoring titles, but he just never got to the promised land he never was able to get those rings and that's what really matters today in the nba like nobody's really looking at if you're not winning rings you kind of fall through the cracks no matter how great of a player you are yes i completely agree and it's just yeah i'm so glad we have him where we have him he's such a phenomenal player all right number two julius irving Dr. J, 16 time All Star. Jesus. <laughs> Seven time All NBA. Uh, Four time MVP. Jeez. Uh, oh, what hasn't he done? Is the question. 24.2 points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, free throws around 77%. He's got good numbers, 29 points a game, 30, 31. It's just... The list goes on. What I had... Yes. (laughs) What I had so much fun watching him is just younger him. Dude, younger him. He is one, you can tell, NBA linking arms. Those arms are like never ending. They're like two people's arms stacked on top of each other. Right. Ridiculous. He's just... He's the greatest athlete to walk on the NBA basketball court other than Will Chamberlain that we've gone over. Mm, Okay. It's not yet. He is (sighs) – watching him young him is just so, so, so mind-blowingly special. He just looks different than everybody else. Right. He's one of those guys. You just see him and you're like, wow, he looks different. And it's because for a reason. He is different. He's special. Yeah, what do you have to say? Also, uh, great defender. Okay, yeah. So, Dr. J, um, 
when I say the list goes on, the list goes on about this player. Like, I believe, if I'm yes. not mistaken, he did play in the ABA for a little bit. I think he did win the dunk contest in the ABA. Yes. He was the original free throw line dunker, kind of, swear. I mean, he has a legendary underneath the basket and go up and under and finish with the crazy layup. It's just, he has a solid mid-range game. He's a perfect fit for that era, and I just... Yeah, the afro was really cool too. <laughs> the afro was really cool. It's like, it's just yeah. I, I love watching Doctor J. I'm so glad we have him where we have him. So, if you don't mind, I want to introduce our next player. Okay. So, last time I went over this player, you know, he is our all-time leading in points. Yes. Board. Uh, he's one of the greatest centers of all time, and he's definitely just yes. belongs somewhere in the GOAT conversation, in my opinion, and in your opinion as well, I believe. Um, we were talking about Kareem, and like I said last time, because I talked to him last time, I want to hear Jason's opinion on this guy, because I feel like Kareem, when you think Kareem, you think Skyhook, you think signature move Kareem, but this is a little bit older, more seasoned Kareem, so go ahead. Yes, he, he, younger Kareem's a little more physically dominant than you would expect. Just watching uh, Skyhook highlights, you know what I mean? Right. Like he's he's like seven one, seven two, crazy long arms. He's he he he's able to just punish people too a little bit, and he's obviously got a plethora of post moves. He is a consistency measure for everybody else. He is a great defender. He's going to be. A, he's a four-time block leader champion. I mean, he's six-time MVP. He's he's the greatest player of the seventies. And it's just watching him play is just his feet move so well at that size. He is just a, an athletically gifted guy matched with great skill set, phenomenal coaching. I mean, getting John Wooden college, and then you. You get the pairing of having a veteran like Oscar Robinson your first four years in the NBA. That'll do wonders for you. And it's just yeah. mind is there, and that's maximize his body. And it's just those two things put together is why Kareem was so special. Because his mind really did give him an edge. You know, what do you have to say? <clears throat> as far as Kareem, especially in his later Laker years, I mean, you can just see – how when we say like the legend matches the player, the legend definitely matches the player. This is one of the yes. greatest players of all time for a reason. I mean, you yes. watch him and you watch how he, like you said before, he went from being a more physically dominant player to more of a mentally dominating player. Like he was able to, I mean, he had a couple of matches with Bill Walton where you're just like, okay, there were a couple of matches with like Wilt before the, um, before he, you know, uh, when what was a Laker at that point, you know, and you're just watching how they're playing against each other, how he's able to still able to you know, dominate these great players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I completely agree. And he's just he's a solid number one. He's a phenomenal all time player, and I yeah, I'm really glad we have him on the list. And you know, he's he's the greatest player of the '70s. I do think Will Chamberlain's better. What do you think? I would give it to Wilt because of young Wilt. Um, but as Wilt got older, he wasn't as effective anymore. Kareem was able to play in three separate decades, effectively. 
mind blown. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like yeah. when you put it that way, I would like I I would give it to Wilt because of younger young Wilt, but for Kareem longevity wise and to still be able to be effective and to be a de facto leader of a championship squad. Yeah. It would be Kareem. Kareem deserves to be number one all the time. You think Kareem's number one all the time? I would give it to Kareem. Ooh, well, when we do our all-time list, it's going to be interesting. Serious, go back and forth. From there. Yeah. All right. So that will be the end of our podcast. If you guys like what you're hear- hearing and listening to, please give us five stars or hit that download button. It really affects us in a positive manner. We really appreciate that. Chris, can you tell them where our socials are? Sure. Follow us at on Instagram at underscore addicted to basketball that's addicted the number two basketball and then we also are on i think that's it okay yeah that's all we're just on instagram so go ahead give us a follow leave us a message comment you know we respond and everything like that tell us how you really feel yeah yeah definitely all right so this is going to be the end i am jason collins and i'm chris muhammad and we're the basketball addicts Peace.